for what is actually going on here right now, what God is doing with us now as a church. And so today is going to be a bit of a mixture of review, uh, looking at some of the things that have happened up until now. It's going to be about the fulfillment of several prophecies recently. Prophetic words that have been spoken to us have been fulfilled recently, I, I believe. And we're also going to be doing a bit of looking forward And we're also going to be breaking it up as we go along and doing some prayer. So this is not going to be one of those talks where you can just sit and drift off because actually you're going to have to be engaged uh, and and get involved in praying with me and standing with me. It's a sneaky way of getting an extra prayer meeting in on a Sunday morning. Okay. And also just to let you know, there's going to be a family night, which is a way of us communicating sort of detail and information, okay? Family night on the 20th of September. So I really want you to be there because we'll be sharing a lot more information. There's not going to be so much information today. It's going to be a bit more kind of up there and sort of visionary stuff, okay? So what is God doing amongst us. Well, looking back, we're three years old now as a church. Did you realize that? Last Sunday was our third anniversary. It's actually two. Um, (laughs) Sorry, what I meant to say is that we are in our third year as a church. Last year was our, last Sunday was our second birthday. Um, Oh dear, that's t- completely throwing me. We just go and sit somewhere else. It's my wife <laughs> telling me what to do. I love her so much. But the first year was really about laying foundations. Okay, that's what it was mostly about. And then it was a lot about culture, what it feels like to be a part of this church. Well, this year, this third year that we're going into is going to be, I believe, a lot about going public. Um, you know, Jubilee Church being known and seen in Solihull, and up until now it's been pretty hidden, and uh, it's been fairly sheltered. There was actually a prophetic word about this a couple of years ago. Uh, Bernice actually brought a prophecy and said that God is going to take us through a period of shelter, like being in a greenhouse, and there's going to come a point where that's going to change, and suddenly we're out in the field, and there's going to be incredible growth. I believe that we're coming in to that kind of phase now. So that's year three, as we go into the third year of what God is doing. And there are several signs of this going public that I want to draw to your attention this this afternoon. Firstly, there is the appointment of elders. I don't know if you realize how significant that is for going public, because appointing of elders is a public recognition of a public ministry and therefore is a clear indicator both physically, because we actually exist, and also spiritually, that we're gearing up for being a more public church. And I don't want you to pass that by or underestimate the significance of what God did on our second birthday last week, that we actually appointed elders. I think that's amazing. Now, we were praying about that this time last year. Lord, we want to have some elders and didn't know quite how it was going to happen, really. And so the second year, God's appointing elders amongst us. It's wonderful and incredible uh, experience. And wasn't it an amazing time? I've got to talk about that a little bit. It was an amazing time. Uh, how many people were there? Because I know, I'm sorry, it wasn't an ideal time of year, but it was the best time to get all of the other people together as well as the church. Um, 
but it was an amazing time. I've got to say personally, I mean, Steve can speak on his own behalf at some point, but from my point of view personally, I've been appointed as an elder before in a church. But I never, I have never experienced the power of God and a, a kind of a downloading of God's special favor as I did last week. It was absolutely phenomenal. And as Matt said at the end, he said, 45 minutes of prophecy. My goodness me, you don't get that normally. But it was just remarkable, a remarkable encounter with God. And it's just been lots of encouragement, lots of encouraging feedback. For example, Adrian, who leads Oasis Church in Birmingham, said, do you know, you guys have really raised the bar in appointing elders, in the way that you've gone about it. He says, uh, he said, uh, there's something really significant, I think, about getting all of the leaders from the churches in, in Birmingham together. He says, I'm going to have to rethink how we appoint elders in the future because there's something really amazing about this. But I'm just going to say, I didn't try particularly hard to make that happen. You know, I, I just kind of suggested, I said, would you guys like to come, you know? Would you like to come and support us? It would be really great. And I didn't have to twist their arms or, or anything. They just wanted to come and be with us. And I think it was a God thing. It wasn't until afterwards, and Alice and I were sitting down, kind of reflecting on the day, saying, wow, a lot of times... <laughs> That's what we said, that's mostly what we said was wow, uh, that we realized that what had happened last Sunday was a fulfillment of a prophetic word that Ginny Burgeon, uh, a prophet from the Northeast, uh, brought five years ago. And I actually have the date, it's October 2007. She prophesied about what happened last Sunday. Do you know, I always get excited when I see prophecy being fulfilled. Do you? I mean, it's exciting. God is speaking and he's saying this is going to happen. It's just a sign that he's with us. It's wonderful. Well, let me tell you what happened. Uh, About five years ago, God started speaking to Alice and I. It's time to move on from the church that you're in, in in the center of Birmingham there. It's time to move on. So we started to think about it, started to pray about it. And out of the blue, a prophetic word came. I was at a conference and somebody came up to me and said, you're about to move. God's moving you. You're leaving Birmingham. It's going to happen very quickly. I thought, wow, that's amazing. He came back to me a bit later and said, I hope that was okay. I didn't have much choice, but yeah, it was okay. He said, I think you maybe should go to Stockport. I think maybe God's leading you to Stockport. And it put me in a complete spin, to be honest. There was all sorts of reasons why that could be it. That could work. You know, I could see how, hmm, yeah, maybe. And uh, we were praying about it. And I, and I just phoned Ginny. She's a friend of ours. And uh, I just said, look, Ginny, I won't tell you anything about what's going on, all right? Nothing. I'm not telling you anything. Just pray and see what God says. Immediately she said, there's an offer on the table, but it's not the one that God wants you to take. And she said later on, she said this. She said, <coughs> you're going to be moving on from Birmingham, she said. But what you lead will come out of Birmingham because of the relationships that you have with the elders there. Wow. So do you know what? Last week we just recognised that actually something was born out of Birmingham because of the relationships that we had there. And all the people that came uh, last week and stood with us and prayed with us have had some kind of significant input in us coming to Solihull. 
So I just wanted to share that with you. I think it will build faith for us. Uh, and I think it's encouraging to see prophecy fulfilled like that. But, you know, we're not happy, Steve and I, in it just being us two. There's some words, prophetic words that came last week about God adding to us and people different from us and having a, a very wide and varied team. And, you know, our hearts leapt when we heard that because that is exactly what's in our heart. We want to see a vibrant, growing team of elders and leaders in this church. I believe that God's going to do something here that's going to need a wide range of different gifts. I do believe that. <coughs> Oh dear, sorry. I've had a, a cold this week and I've almost died. And uh, so I just want you to understand that the coughs and the splutters are me just about remaining alive uh, for, this, for this talk. Okay. So what I want us to do, first of all, is I want us to pray for elders. Are you ready for this? I want you to stand up and I want you to pray with all your heart, God, give us more elders. Add to, our le- add to our leadership team. We need more leaders in every part of the church at the moment. It's wonderful what God's done in such a short time. Our second anniversary, we're appointing elders, okay? Let's ask him for some more. Can we just stand and just cry out to God together? Let's just do it straight away. Just go ahead, okay? Jesus. Amen. Take your seats. Thank you for that. And please will you continue to pray for us as we leave the church. It was great to have so many people praying for us last week. That's the beginning. You started something, okay? You need to keep praying for us as we continue to lead you and serve you in that way. But, you know, appointing elders is a clear sign of going public. And another, another big sign that is very visible is our change of venue. And can you see the significance of the two things happening together? You know, this vision talk is all about can you see? Can you see what God is doing? What about that? The fact that the two things happen together. God appoints elders, new leaders in the church like that and and give us a building at the same time. It's amazing. It's remarkable. But I want to talk about this change of venue because up until now as a church we've been hidden physically. We started off in a school hall, which if you found it, you were lucky you know, it was at the end of this, the end of this long drive, and it was somewhere in the building, and it was right there at the back. If you found it and got there, it was a miracle. You know, already God's done a miracle in your life. Uh, so we met in a school building, and then we met in this beautiful hotel. Wow, wasn't that nice? It was luxurious, air conditioning beautiful, beautiful carpet and that kind of thing. That was wonderful as well. But now God has changed us and put us, changed our venue and put us into the centre of the town here, which I think is amazing. And you know, already we've seen people coming off the streets, having seen our advert on the front, on the road there, and coming in off the street and getting a wonderful welcome. So that's wonderful. But our vision is, and never will be, the building. All right, our vision isn't the building. It never will be. But it should be a visible demonstration of our vision being worked out. It's the place where we can work out our vision and for all that God wants to do in this community. And it's early days for us here. But there are some things that God has said to me personally over the past few years where, which mean that I can kind of see how this building and its location could be very significant for us. I just want to share a couple of things that are kind of 
private, personal, if you like, prophecies, but they're not. They're actually for us all, and I just want to share them with you. First of all, uh, when I came to Solly Hole uh, four years ago, first came to Solly Hole, I, I, I knew, as some of you will know, I only knew three things. You know, if I'd known a few more than three, maybe I wouldn't have come, I don't know. But I definitely knew three things when I came to Sully Hole. Firstly, Warwick Road. I knew Warwick Road. I felt that God wanted to do something on the Warwick Road. I was walking down it one day, and I saw it like a river. And uh, I saw it sort of flooding, and I saw that uh, amazing blessing going through the heart of the town on the Warwick Road. Okay, so Warwick Road. Secondly, I had the word Christchurch. And I thought, what's that about Christ Church? Is that perhaps the name that God wants to give us as a church? Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. And then I found out there was a church called Christ Church, and I couldn't call our church Christ Church. But I knew about Christ Church. And the third thing I knew was about the centre of town. I felt that God wanted to locate us in the centre of town along the Warwick Road somewhere. And uh, especially when everybody told me it was impossible. You know, I was speaking to my my friend David Carr, and he said, you'll never get into the town centre. We've been trying to get into the town centre for years. There just isn't any any availability. It's impossible. So as soon as I heard that, I said, right, I want to be in the town centre. I want us to have a prominent location here on the Warwick Road. And that's what my prayer has been. So you can imagine how staggered I was when uh, Mark Fisher who leads the church here that meets here in the morning, invited us to come and share this building with them. A prominent building on the Warwick Road called Christ Church in the centre of Solly Hall. I saw the, the significance straight away. I thought, man, this is amazing. Jubilee Church meets at Christ Church. Whoa, fantastic. And why does God want Jubilee Church meeting in the heart of this community... And to have a church keeping meeting here for many years to come, I believe, unless God wants to do something very significant and jubilee-esque in Sully Hole. So I want us to just stand out and pray for what God wants to do in this community. Just pray whatever it is that comes into your heart. As a church, we've we've trained ourselves to do this, haven't we? Normally, uh, in the past, I had to count to three, and then we'd all pray together, whatever came into us. You don't have to think when you pray. Pray from the heart. Let's just pray and ask God's blessing on this community. Ask God to do some amazing things in this community. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. Sit down then. And uh, So this location, I just think, is remarkable and a fulfillment of certainly some things that God put on my heart right from the beginning. Um, but what about this, you know, a religious building? You know, I don't get that. I didn't get that. I fought against this kind of thing all my charismatic life. You know, so many modern churches now do the opposite. So we don't want to do anything religious. We want to make people feel at ease. We don't want to be in a kind of building like this. We want to be in a hotel or in a conference centre or something. You know, something like that. So why a religious building? And, you know, I've got to say that that means something to me too. Uh, about eight years ago, God spoke to me about this. And I just want to read a passage to you from the Bible I've got to say, if you're visiting, I normally open the Bible much earlier, okay? But today, I'm, I'm just sharing a few things. So, Nehemiah chapter 1. I just want to read this passage to you. Uh, in fact, the first four verses in Nehemiah chapter 1. 
because this is a bit like it was for me eight years ago. The words of Nehemiah, son of Hakaliah, in the month of Kishlev, in the 20th year, while I was in the citadel of Susa, Hananiah, one of my brothers, came from Judah with some other men and questioned them about the Jewish remnant that survived the exile and also about Jerusalem. They said to me, those who survived the exile and are coming back in the province are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been burned with fire. And do you know, when I heard these things, I broke down, I wept, and for some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. A bit of background to this passage. Uh, You might not realize this, but uh, Nehemiah 1 is actually written 90 years after the end of the exile of Israel. And the people have returned uh, from exile. And by this time, actually, Jerusalem has been pretty much rebuilt, the city. Uh, There was a refurbished altar Uh, The work on the temple, their place of worship had been completed after a lot of starting and stopping, admittedly, and houses had been built. Everything was ready for the people to just move in and to take habitation, except for one thing that made the city pretty much inhabitable, and that was that the city had no walls and no gates, which was essential for their protection and security. And, you know, there were gangs of raiders around at that time who just sweep through communities and, and rape, pillage, and all the rest. And they needed these walls to protect them. And, and of course, there were the enemies of Israel, the many enemies that they didn't want this nation of Israel to survive. They didn't want to see it prosper. So they needed these walls. And so this is where Nehemiah comes in and he grieves over these broken down walls and these burned gates because what he sees is a whole load of these beautiful buildings, an altar for worship, these new homes for people to settle in, this this lovely temple that's been rebuilt and restored to its glory, but there's nobody to use them. There's nobody who wants to move into these buildings. There's nobody that wants to take advantage of their location or anything like that. And you know, there are many religious buildings lying empty around the world today that were built many, many years ago in these amazing big buildings and these prominent locations. And several years ago, when I was driving into Birmingham, uh, God spoke to me about this. And it, do you know, it was the same route that I always took. <laughs> and I don't know if you've ever done the same route and suddenly you see things you've never seen before. Perhaps it's because you're walking or cycling and you normally drive and you suddenly see things you've never seen before. But I was driving and I suddenly saw things that I had never seen before. It's like my eyes saw differently. It's like every time I went past a church building, it it kind of stood out to me. And I had no idea, I've got to say, that there were so many run-down or empty or reused former church buildings on my route. You know, there's one building that was just really run down and it was uninviting. There was still a remnant of people meeting there, but you wouldn't want to go. It was completely uninviting. Another one had been turned into a library. Two other buildings I passed were being used as gudwaras. And one of them, you could still see its cornerstone celebrating the fact that they'd had to build extra Sunday school rooms because of the number of children 
that had been added to them. And there's now a Gurdwara, some of them being used as a mosque. And another prominent building in the centre of Birmingham is Methodist Central Hall. I don't know if you know that building. Right in the centre, very prominent. You can see it from the flyover. It's just empty. And it was falling into such uh, a sorry state of disrepair. And it, it was whilst I was in the vicinity of this last building, knowing something about the history of that building, you know there was a, an amazing move of God, a revival that took place in the early days of Birmingham. And that hall was built to accommodate all the people that were being saved, to, to accommodate a thousand people that were just saved in a very short period of time. And then within five years, they outgrew that building and they had to put another layer in. Tiered seating went in to accommodate another thousand people. John Wesley preached there. It was held up as one of the flagships of what God was doing in the country at the time. When I heard this and when I saw this, it grieved me. I felt so sad. And I felt, I believe, the grief of the Holy Spirit in it. And then I felt God speak these words deep into my heart. He says, I want you to reclaim places of heritage, places where God has worked in the past or where the people of God have laid down their lives and have sacrificed to see these places built. And I want you, I want you to see those places restored and thriving for the glory of God. It was one of those moments where I knew that God had laid something on me and I didn't know how it was ever going to happen. But, and I don't think this was a word that was just for me, actually. I think this was a word for, for the church. I think this is something that God is doing and speaking to the whole church. In fact, he's doing it right now. I don't know if you're aware, just in our own family of churches, there are many more examples I can give you. Let me just give you a few. Redeemer Central in Belfast... Uh, have just been given a two-year, 200-year-old church building right near the university in a really prominent place. They're currently refurbing it. And they're a tiny little church, but God's given them this massive building. (laughs) Amazing. And Redeemer International, maybe there's a link there, I don't know, but Redeemer International in The Hague, Netherlands, have just been given a a very grand, gothic-looking church building right on the main road. I went on their website. I mean, it's a fearsome-looking building. Absolutely amazing. Very prominent, very beautiful stained window and all the rest. And then Jubilee Church on the Wirral have just bought and are about to exchange contracts next week on a, a traditional church building uh, on the Wirral. And again, a huge building, but it's been given for next to nothing. And then there's the Paris Church, which I've shared with you about before. I had some role in that. And uh, one of the privileges for us, we've just come back from France on holiday, but we went via Paris to see this building that the church there have started to meet in, and it's just the most amazing place. Uh, that God's uh, giving them. And now Jubilee Church in Solihull have been invited to share this Christian building, okay? Are you seeing it? Are you seeing what God's doing? Uh, You know, God's doing something new, I believe, in old places. (laughs) 
I believe he is. I believe he's doing some new things in old places. I believe that it's significant that God is yet again putting vibrant church communities into prominent locations. And so many of these traditional buildings have got such prominent locations in towns and cities, cities on a hill and all the rest were all built according to that many years ago. I think God's doing that again. He's wanting the church to take center stage in many towns and cities right now across the world. And in buildings that are far too big for us. You know, all of the churches that I mentioned in that list are small churches. They're church plants. They've just started. All of them. What's God doing? What is God doing? He's giving us big buildings, bigger than we're ever going to fill, unless he does something amazing. What's God doing? Can you see it? I believe that God is on the move. But even so, despite all of this, I've got to admit something to you. See, in this church, we go for complete transparency and honesty. All right? So I'm just preparing you. My wife looks worried now. Um, But, you know, by the third week of meeting here, I started to think, oh, my goodness, we've made the most terrible mistake That is honestly what I thought. It's kind of like something happened to our worship. You know, all the contributions stopped. Nobody was interested, it seemed, in my preaching, which has never happened. Everybody was kind of looking around like this. I think, oh my goodness, what have we done? Everybody's petrified, they're upset, they don't want to be here. I talked to Steve and he said, calm down, which he's good at. And so I, I went around and talked to a few people. We had a great night, one of our life group nights. And I just said, guys, what do you think? What are you feeling? It was after a couple of minutes I realised everybody was excited. Everybody was in awe of what God is doing. And they're looking around thinking, wow, this is amazing. Rob's preaching, but hey, this is amazing. And so the fourth week, I came back and thought, oh, I'm going to do it as well. So I was looking around, oh, wow, that's amazing. Do you know, God started to speak to me about this place. Because, you know, it's not ideal, is it? There are some things that, you know, would be good to change. And we will see them changed, I'm sure. But, you know, as I came back on that fourth week, God gave me a different perspective. I saw something different. I just want to share a few of those things with you. And and I hope it will help us to just pray. And we're going to come to a close quite soon. We're just going to pray about three things, okay? And the first thing is that I saw as I looked around were these bricks in the wall. And you know, if you look at these bricks, and Trevor will tell you, because he has an eye for detail, Trevor Wilson, the engineer, and he pointed out to me on one occasion that they're all different colours and they've not been spread out, and they've not been done properly, and, you know, there's far too much mortar, and they're all a bit higgledy-piggledy in places. They're not grey, okay? It's not that beautiful, really. And as I was looking at these bricks, I suddenly saw all sorts of different colours, and all sorts of different shapes, and all sorts of different alignments, and yet they all fit together. And I thought, what a wonderful picture of what God wants to do with us as a church that we would be a multicoloured, multifaceted, multi-shaped community of people where God dwells. 
And the other thing I saw was uh, just the fact that there's so many of those bricks. And, you know, they, they represent so many Christians from so many years. A church was started here, not this particular building, but there's been a church meeting here since 1825. That's 187 years Christians have been worshipping around here. Isn't that wonderful? You know, this is one of the first congregational churches in the Midlands here. Wonderful. Congregational is, they believe in body ministry. All right, that's a bit more than that, but they believe in body ministry. Wonderful. And if you go outside, actually, um, if you go down this corridor, you'll see that there's a wall there full of bricks with initials in. Have you noticed that? Well, they're all the people that were originally part of building this building back in the 60s. They were the ones that laid this out and had the vision for it. And so I was looking at these bricks, and these, these represent all the people. This is our Christian heritage here, represented in this place. Not only that, it represents all the sacrificial giving of Christians over so many years to build this building. Maybe you just think I'm being soft, but I just think it's important to honour that. Honour what God has done. Honour the people of God and for what he's done. So what I want us to do is something a bit unusual. I want us to go to the walls. This is the weeping walls, okay? I want you to just go and put your hand on a brick and uh, just thank God for the Christian heritage that he's given us represented in this building. It's a prophetic picture of what I believe God wants to do, building us together as a, as a group of misshapen, miscoloured, if you like, all forming this one wall. So is that just too creepy? <laughs> just do it anyway. Just go and put your hand on a brick and thank God. There's some bricks over here as well. Thank God for the heritage of Christians in this area for so many years. Amen. Thank you. I felt, I felt really I wanted to pray behind the uh, pulpit there. Just thank God for the word of God that's been proclaimed here for so many years as well. Okay, uh, now wait for the next one. That was the walls. The next thing I felt God draw my attention to... Oh dear. <coughs> Are you sitting comfortably? Because the next thing I felt God draw my attention to were the pews. Thinking about all those Christian bottoms. Uh, sat on those pews for so many years. No, I'm just joking. That's not what it was. But I just thought I'd say that to be shocking. But, you know, th- these pews are kind of my least favourite part of the building. You know, they're kind of rigid, and I like to move the chairs around. Uh, I've been quite bereft since we've moved here. I can't adjust chairs. It's part of an elder's role is to adjust chairs in a meeting, and I can't do that. But they're so rigid, and there are barriers between us. You know, it's, we have to encourage people to come out and sort of move around in here when we're worshipping. You see, look, even you guys, you're just sitting on this side. You can't wait to get out. Um, But, and I would like to see them removed as soon as possible, to be quite honest. You know, they're not my favourite thing. But as I was looking at these pews in a kind of slightly irritated, disparaging way, 
at the end of July, I just had my eyes opened again. I saw something else which kind of humbled me because what I saw was vision. What I saw was a building that had been built and seats that had been made to see over 250 people. That's vision. Somebody had that vision. For somebody, God put that on somebody's heart, a community of people or, I don't know, the ministers, the elders at the time. Somebody had the vision to build a building in the centre of Solihull in the 60s that would house more than 250 people. And think about it, it's not just this building. All the rooms back there, you know, that room over there uh, was the original, I can't think of its name now, but that was the original church building. That was where it was originally located. But that seats 100 people. And then these other rooms, they seat, I don't know, easily a couple more hundred people. It represents lots of different community ministries taking place here. It's not just about the Sunday. It's about stuff happening all week. Isn't that wonderful? Somebody had the vision for that. I mean, the, the stairs are really irritating as well and all that, but somebody had the vision for it. And that really challenged me and humbled me because, you know, this vision has never been fulfilled. It's never been fulfilled. They got pretty near it. Actually, in 1965, this building was built, and in the early 70s, interestingly, just after it built, so those are the guys that really held that vision. They grew to 220. Isn't that interesting? So 1965, it was built. By the early 70s, there were 220. Wonderful. But you know, I think that God wants this number to be smashed in our day. Because I've taken advice, and if we remove these pews, we could get double that number in here. We could have tiered seating, we could have 500 people meeting in here. Maybe when God speaks to us about 500 people, we'll get the pews removed. I don't know. And so I want us to pray for growth. I want us to look at these pews together and ask God to fill them. And you might feel like I need to go to the back and, you know, because the other thing I was feeling was that doorway, that's where the people have got to come through. These are prophetic things that we're acting out. Sorry if you're visiting, but you don't mind, do you? Um, I just want us to ask God to bring lots of people in and let's see this building filled so that we have to get rid of the pews and put a load more chairs in. So whether they stay or not, in a way it doesn't matter. I want God to build a church here that will fill this place. Amen? Amen. So come on then. Let's ask God for growth. You can walk round pews, walk round the building, walk to the entrance. Let's just have a few minutes just praying about that. Do you know, I just feel that as we are, you know, kind of looking a bit silly, putting our hands on walls and stuff like that, but I just feel like there's a, a sense in which we're taking hold of this place prophetically and we're just claiming the promises of God and unfulfilled dreams and vision in this place. So we ask you for that, Lord. We want to see this place absolutely packed. 
We don't want transfer growth, Lord. We, we want people that are desperate to be saved under the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, would you please give us that? Would you send us revival in these days, Lord? Because we can't do it. We need a move of the Spirit, Lord. We ask you for that in Jesus' name. Fill this place with worship. We love this high ceiling, Lord. We want to see it filled with worship and with angels, Lord Jesus, worshipping around your throne in this place. In Jesus' name. We want to honour that original vision and see it more than fulfilled in these days, in our day, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. And finally, the thing that really struck me is kind of obvious again, but it's the prominence of this building. I mean, my background is in land, and I was a lawyer for a land company, and I know that we would never be able to buy, unless it was a major miracle, we'd never be able to buy land in this part of Solihull, okay? It would be a very, very difficult thing in these days with the price of land. It's amazing to have a church building here right opposite all that commerce, all of those shops where all the people go and worship (laughs) on Sunday. Amazing. It's been wonderful hearing people coming out of the shops because they close at four o'clock and some of them have seen our sign and they've made inquiries about us. We haven't seen them all come and join us yet, but who knows what God will do. But this prominence... But what use is a prominent building if that's all it is? I'm not particularly interested in that unless we're a prominent people. Not just about a prominent building. We want a prominent people made distinctive because of the presence of God. That's one of our, our desires, isn't it? To have the presence of God amongst us like that. It's what goes on inside this building that really matters. And so, just in coming to an end, I just want us to walk around. You can walk around the whole building now, and uh, I'll just pray, and then you can walk around the whole building, and then you can walk to the back and get some coffee. Uh, And ask God to use this prominence, the prominence of this building for his glory, and draw people in. I know we've prayed about growth, but it's something to do with the prominence of this building. I feel there's something very significant about that. And also let's pray about what goes on in this building. Let's ask God to give us many ministries here, much more occupation of the building. Those that are in the church will know that we're still trying to work out the details of how much we can use this building. We're gradually taking more and more use. Let's ask God to continue to give us favour. Because, you know, we are going public this year. We're the beginning of that. That's something that God is going to do with us. Can you see it? Because that's what God's wanting to do. So just as we close, perhaps I'll just pray, and then you feel free just to wander around anywhere in the building. You might want to go upstairs, go around the halls or whatever, or just go to the back and get a coffee. That's fine. But I'm just going to pray and say, Lord, we're not worthy of this, really. You know, we're just a small group of people in such a prominent location But Lord, we want your name to be famous in Solihull. We want your prominence to be seen from this place. We pray, Lord, that many ministries would flow from here that will help people in Solihull and change lives. Lord, we want to see many people healed, many people restored, marriages restored, families brought back together. We want to see all of the whole lot. Lord, we want to see your power worked out in our day, Lord. We're so tired of hearing of old revivals and old things that were done and old buildings that were built. 
We want to see it in our day, Lord. We ask you for that in Jesus' name. So we want to offer ourselves and this place to you afresh and say, Lord, have your way in this place in Solihull. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.